Welcome to Canadian Equities with Acumen Capital. Today, we are joined by Goran Samuel Pesek, founder and CEO of Samuel Associates. Samuel Associates is Canada's leading strategic consulting and government relations firm headquartered in Ottawa, Ontario. They advise a wide range of clients operating in Canada and worldwide in various industries and sectors, including cybersecurity, defense and security, mixed and augmented reality, artificial intelligence, and global supply chain. Today, we will be discussing geopolitics, including the Ukraine war, Europe's response, and the risks and opportunities for Canada. Goran, welcome to Canadian Equities. Thank you very much, Robert. Before we get started, tell us a little bit about your firm, what you do, and who do you serve? At Samuel Associates, uh, we advise clients on strategy, market development, and government relations. We act as a speaking partner between our clients and government officials. Our clients are typically market innovators and disruptors of any business size. This could include anywhere from small enterprises with niche uh, specializations and capabilities to international and multinational companies, including privately owned foundations. And tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. I've had the fortunate, I guess, work experience that spans many decades that includes having a career in the public and private sectors, covering academia, international business, politics, defense, and national security. The experience and broad strategic understanding I gained during these years, both at the government level and in the private sector, enabled me to work domestically in Canada and internationally, including Europe, the U.S., and the Middle East. I am a Fulbright Scholar in the U.S. National Security Program from the University of California and a graduate of the University of Toronto in political science and history. Gordon, we got a ton to talk about, and I'm not sure we're going to have enough time to get through it all, but let's try to compartmentalize here and start with Russia and Ukraine first. Commentators are apt to apply monikers to foreign leaders and crazy or insane, and that has been said of Vladimir Putin, yet decisions other countries make might indeed make logical sense to them, if not to us. So is there any rhyme and reason to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, or is this just a strategic miscalculation by a regional power who thought they could get away with it? Well, Robert, that's a very, very good question and timely one. Uh, I I give you uh, sort of three points to this question. First, this is a calculated war. Uh, And it is also a bit of a repeat of history because Russia has interfered in the affairs of Ukraine for decades and to some extent centuries. You know, the second point I'll make here is that for Russia, it considers Ukraine as part of its near abroad. This means that Ukraine is in the Russian sphere of influence and it will engage in activities to maintain favorable leverage over Ukrainian political and economic affairs. And lastly, this is not a miscalculation. Russia believes it can win a conventional war in the era of cyber and AI and hypersonic missiles, as it just used a hypersonic missile recently. Well, that is the point. This may represent the last conventional war that we see in Europe. Uh, since future conflicts, if we can imagine them, if they're not already occurring, will be artificially intelligent cyber naval warfare. Disinformation campaigns propagated by AI and machine learning and AI-enabled weapon systems that will have decision-making capabilities in conjunction with their human operators. 
What does this mean? Well, Russia is using these technologies to some extent now and in the future, should the war extend from months into years. One of the big questions investors have is this. If the war ended tomorrow or in the very near future, would things go back to normal? In other words, has there been a temporary change in Europe's posture to Russia, or are we looking at a permanent change in relations between the EU and Russia with all the attendant follow-on effects to energy supply, supply chains, etc.? The war has created a permanent change in Europe. Uh, I was just recently at NATO headquarters two, three weeks ago, and for example, Sweden and Finland are now seriously considering moving beyond their EU membership and partnership status with NATO, and they are in discussions with NATO currently for full membership to ensure they get the Article 5 guarantee that uh, NATO gives their members. Before the war, for example, Russia held 60 to 65% of its foreign currency reserves in euros. It's a, quite a large sum if you consider it. Uh, this, to some extent, is the relationship between the EU and Russia beyond just oil and gas agreements between EU members and uh, obviously Russian-owned companies. Regarding the latter, this is a physical change in the movement of raw materials and energy resources. Perhaps Canada can fill this gap that's left behind right now by the Russian own state companies. And in fact, today, I believe that Russia started to turn off its pipelines in certain parts of Eastern Europe. Lastly, beyond the sanctions imposed by the EU and Russia, it is not clear to what extent the economic or financial repercussions will result in a prolonged sanctions regime, since Russia is and will be, in the future, a large consumer of EU goods and services. China may take business away from the EU in the short run. Still, German car manufacturers like Audi, Mercedes, BMW, the chemical industry like BSF, or, you know, French high-end goods and services will not be replaced by Russia or any other nation in the foreseeable future. Canada has top three or top five positions in virtually everything that Europe is currently buying from Russia, ranging from agricultural products, oil and gas, uranium, potash. So two questions for you. What is the opportunity for Canada in this environment? And second, are we serious enough as a country to win? Robert, we currently have a free trade agreement with the EU, and that was started in 2017. We may want to fully utilize and optimize the chapters on agriculture and agri-foods oil and gas, uh, metals, mining, and, and minerals that are covered under the CETA agreement. There are many opportunities for growth and expansion in the free trade agreement that we have now with the EU. And in my opinion, they should include uranium, potash, and certainly other critical natural resources, such as rare earth metals required by the high-tech sector. And lastly, if Canada is serious about winning opportunities in this domain, lobbying firms such as ourselves, Samuel Associates, we act as an intermediary or a speaking partner between companies and the federal government in conjunction with industry associations to influence a favorable economic outcome for Canadian business. The bottom line is, yes, there is opportunity now and we should seize the moment. Gordon, unfortunately, we're down to our final few minutes. I have 
probably another 25 questions we could ask you, but we're down to our final few minutes. Let's move into a lightning round if we could. First question, should we expect a long war of attrition in Ukraine or should we expect a negotiated settlement? Uh, peace is always preferred to war. I mean, for both sides, nobody wins in war. Everyone wins in peace. What are Canada's strategic advantages as seen from the perspective of other countries? First, proximity to the United States. Secondly, a well-functioning, safe, and predictable political and economic environment. And thirdly, we are still a place of opportunity where, in my opinion, merit, hard work, access to a good education can help individuals and families advance through social structures. Does the world get more dangerous before it gets less dangerous or vice versa? The world has always been a dangerous place, and the rise of new weapons and artificial intelligence that we just alluded makes it even a more precarious place. We spent a lot of time talking about Russia and perhaps China. Where does terrorism fit in this? Terrorism is still a factor, and it's changing. Uh, It's changing in the sense that technology is also changing. Also, if the world is looking only to the Ukraine, or to other conflicts and is not looking to terrorism, it gives terrorists the opportunity to strike at us again. So this is an area that we must not let our guard down. What's the last book you read that you'd recommend to our listeners? Uh, I would recommend The Age of Artificial Intelligence uh, for all your listeners. It's by a U.S. statesman and former national security advisor, Henry Kissinger. He really packs a punch in this book, and I think that all of your readers, whether they're in the financial sector, whether in the commercial sector, in the government sector, uh, or military sector, I think this book is a, is a must read for everybody. Gordon, remind us how prospective clients can reach you, your firm to access your insights. Robert, we can be reached online at samuel.associates or via LinkedIn. Gordon, Samuel Pasek, CEO of Samuel Associates. Thank you very much for sharing your insights with us on Canadian equities. Thank you very much for your time today, Robert. Note that this podcast is not making an investment recommendation on any companies discussed. We welcome your comments on today's episode or any other episode. Connect with us at acumencapital.com.